welcome to Flyover Footy. My name is not Phil. I won't go into the whole Daddy Phil thing like last time. We're just going to jump right into it. My name's Jake. Uh, we're in the middle of a snowstorm, uh, pretty much a blizzard. So uh, we don't we don't have everyone here tonight, but we still got a pretty good crew. Um, first, Santiago, back from Costa Rica, just in time for the snowstorm. How how are you doing, man? Oh, I'm I'm missing the the warm and the warm weather, short weather. Uh, I'm missing it a lot. I'm regretting my decision to come back at the moment, but it's all good. Enjoying uh, the snow, the cold weather. Uh, not looking forward to uh, to cleaning my driveway and and doing all of that stuff. But I guess I have to get used to uh, life in St. Louis again. <laughs> A real hard like crash back into reality coming from vacation yeah. life. Also, I think this is like two two weeks in a row of me and Santiago on the same podcast because it seemed like as soon as I like jumped on, like Santiago was just nowhere to be found, and I didn't want people to think I came in and Santiago was never coming back. So <laughs> we're here two weeks in a row, and then uh, Matt is also with us. Matt, how are you doing, man? Doing well. Day two of three of uh, snow days from school. So I'm surviving. You got work. You got parenthood during the day. Uh, it's it's a lot, and it's fun to get out though. I mean, that's that's some, that's a lot of snow we got. That's got to be around eight to ten inches or so. Oh, it's the driveway was less fun. So spoiler alert, Santiago, it still sucks to shovel your driveway. <laughs> Thanks. I haven't shoveled yet because I mean it stopped now. But at the time, I was like, it's going to keep coming down. It's pointless to even try. Um, yeah, I made the call around like four thirty or five o'clock. I'm like, I'm gonna get it in right before right before dark. I think it's mostly done. I'm just gonna go for it. Luckily, I wasn't the only one. I think I convinced my neighbor who probably saw me out his window and <laughs> hated me a little bit for what I was doing. But we earlier, my wife and I were out like walking the dog, and so snowstorm for me. I I work from home all the time, so it's like no real difference other than I'm like in the same pair of clothes. I'm even more lazy. And, uh, I, I just like, typically I go for like uh, almost like an hour long walk with my dog and we haven't doing that, been doing that. So really I haven't left the house or done anything, but we were walking the dog and like, we saw a bunch of people out shoveling and stuff and we get home and my wife's like, should we like shovel off? And I was like, I might do it tomorrow, but well, yeah, I don't know. I have to do it eventually, I guess. But I mean, the only reason to shovel though, is if you're actually going somewhere, right? That's the thing. I'm not going to eventually you're going to need to. Anyways, um, so Stu was also going to join us. That's why the podcast is uh, going to be delayed a little bit because Stu was up in Minneapolis. Somehow he, I think he survived without hypothermia, um, but he did. He wasn't able to fly back to St. Louis due to the storm, so he's still in Minneapolis and he was not able to join us uh, for the episode. But um, on that note, we did want to talk a little bit. Uh, first, jump into USMNT. Just came off their World Cup qualifying window. I have some mixed feelings about it. We're not going to go super in-depth uh, about covering all the games, but I just thought good place to start. Uh, we, do have a, we do have some city news uh, to talk about. we got our first signing. Uh, we have MLS Next Pro official rules, um, and then, I mean, season should be starting pretty soon. But first, jumping into uh, USMNT, Matt, I, you made a face when I said I had some mixed feelings about this window, so what... What, the whole window's mixed, feel- window mixed feelings. I mean, it's like a Jekyll and Hyde situation. You, I mean, it was so-so against El Salvador, right? And then Canada comes along and basically wipes the floor with us. Um, you know, despite what Burhalter says about it being an amazing performance, that <laughs> he can't believe we didn't get the the result on that. I don't know. And then and then we kind of just pepper Honduras. So it, every single, I mean, it's, it, at the base level, it kind of just epitomizes USMNT Twitter. Those knee-jerk, always like hot or cold reactions. Um, even during a win, it's, there's always a reason to fire Burhalter. I don't, I want to come away with this being super positive. And I, I do because I keep going back to the reality of this whole period is we just want to qualify for the World Cup. We just want to go to Qatar. And we're in a really good position to do that. Like we ended this window basically where we needed to. We won our home matches. We didn't get the result away. But we're in a good place, despite the fact that it was so up and down. Yeah. Uh, Santiago, do you have any thoughts on USMNT, or you can just tell us how uh, Colombia's doing? Oh no! Don't don't get me started <laughs> with that. So so yeah, from an outsider perspective, I think 
USMNT is in great shape. Yeah, you, you guys said mixed feelings. Uh, but at the end of the day, six points. Um, US is in a great position. And yeah, some people are worried about the uh, next game is against Mexico, and it could mean a lot. Even if US loses that game, their next two games are against uh, Panama and Costa Rica, which at that point could be uh, direct rivals for that third place. Um, so if USA beats um, Panama um, at home after that Mexico game, US qualifies. Uh, or if something happens and doesn't win, it has another chance against Costa Rica. So I think US is fine and it's going to make it. As, as, as Matt said, what, what matters at this point is qualifying and then um, things can be figured out from there. I would love to be in that position like with Colombia, but now we... We are uh, hanging to calculators and depending on our results. So um, it's not fun at all. I, I am in you guys. Yeah. So my, I, I'll get into like my, my mixed feelings and everything. Um, I, I've never been, I try not to be the, the hot and cold, like back and forth. And like, I try never to jump on the let's fire someone. And I always, I delete so many like tweets that I tie up type up and then i'm like nah i don't need to be negative it's like there's too many negative people on here already i don't need to say anything negative i always try to be nice and hype everything up um but i think around this window and it's not all to do with playing just like overall i'm a little more on on board with like i don't know burhalter i don't know i don't know about burhalter i don't know how i'm feeling about him the big thing the first game against el salvador i was like just your your lineup choices and mainly leaving out ricardo pepe i'm gonna be on L train. Why aren't you playing Ricardo Pepe who is in form um, arguably, but he's like, he's playing in Germany. And I feel like that, that fresh signing, he's played a few games. He hasn't scored yet over there, but he's playing. And I feel like that's such a big boost of confidence to like, to sign, to start playing immediately. And then you're going to come back and you want to really show what you can do. And for him not to pick him twice in a row. um, I thought maybe, maybe he was going to save him for Canada. Nope. And uh, I don't know that that really that frustrated me. That was my first thing. <laughs> Any thoughts on like the lineup for the first game? Well, the thing I don't understand about Pepe is when you look at all our overall lineup, and you're, you you can see clearly that there are guys who are going to start um, as our A lineup, our A team. Berhalter has said that Pepe's going to be the guy. He's he's he is our number nine that he's looking at right now. Like he is in that spot to where he would he should be the starter. But the thing I don't understand is why we're still playing matchups with Pepe because this this past week, reason why he didn't start against El Salvador and Canada were matchup based. Berhalter went back to the matchups that he expected defense and who would be best up top. Why are we playing matchups with our our number nine when you have your supposed guy? I I, I we're not doing it with with our our wingers. We're not doing it with our midfield. Like we're we're wrapping up this qualifying, and I feel like this is where you need guys to gel together in this kind of competition. And while you have them, because you don't have Gio Reyna to get in there right now, you hopefully will in this next window. But I'm not sure why we haven't kind of found our A team, and we're still playing matchups um, when our A team should be able to handle whatever's thrown at them. Yeah, if, if Pepe is the guy, give him a chance to play, give him a chance to get confidence, get minutes, maybe score some goals. Um, if he's the guy, he should be playing all these all these matches. Yeah, I feel like you need to get it in place and just let them let them start to build. Like just let them gel, let them figure it out. Because that's what it takes. It's going to take that like experience to really get flying. So that was my. Be- I, I'm not going to get into like I'm not want to. Cri- I don't want to criticize every like starting position. But that was the big thing. The peppy twice. I'm like, dude, what? How? Why? Um, and then. I, I hated his comment after the Canada game about like, oh yeah, we we dominated. It's like, no, you didn't. Oh, like, yeah. It was the exact game Canada wanted to play. They got lucky scoring a goal so early and then could just execute their game plan perfectly. And we didn't like, yeah, we controlled the ball, but we didn't create any real chances. And maybe if Pepe was in there, we would create more. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so that, so much that really wrong in that Canadian match. That really made me mad. And then. My final thing, maybe this is beef with Burhalter and U.S. soccer combined all around, but the decision to play in Minnesota, I'm on the board with, like, that was such a stupid decision, and you shouldn't have had to 
like go to Minnesota to play in one degree weather to give Stu Frostbite and two uh, Honduras <laughs> players fro- or hypothermia to get an advantage. Like you should be able to beat them anywhere. Ugh, I agree. So that's that's my mini rant, and that's how. Well, I, I don't go negative. I'm not a negative guy. I'm I'm Mister Positive in just about everything, and I couldn't help. You're talking about you always delete tweets and go back to. I try not to go. Try not to go there, but. When the announcers before the game against uh, in, in Minnesota, before the game against Honduras, started talking about travel as the reason why we had to go to Minnesota and why it made sense, and they started drawing lines without putting numbers by the lines, I kind of lost it because I was like, "There's you're going from Hamilton, Ontario, over to St. Paul, Minnesota. There's no way that there are other closer venues you could have gone to. And I'm not just talking about in Ohio. Like, I mapped it out. Charlotte, Nashville, um, what was the other one? Charlotte, Nashville, and there's one other one over in the Southwest that are like just as equidistant as Minnesota would have been. Like you didn't have to do this, but the thing that really got me on the weather thing is after when when Hunter and players had hypothermia, the ice cold Burhalter quote that he gave about basically not giving a damn, and we have to go into harsh conditions, getting dehydrated down in Central America uh, and the Caribbean all the time. So it's just, it's just the nature of the game. We just played in Canada, you know, basically saying it's no fault of ours. We were just playing where in the United States, which I mean, there is a level of truth to it, but come on guy, have a heart. (laughs) Yeah. And it was, it was a game against Honduras who is last on the table. As Jay said, you could have won that game anywhere in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Anyways, that's all. I mean, overall, <clears throat> we got six points. Decent window. Still a little frustrated, but uh, we'll, we'll, well take with the, the with the type of game that we finished there. I mean, three zero. We had our not reserves, but you know, are not our our top guys who performed really well. I mean, when you've got Kellen Acosta being called man of the match by certain people just because he had those crosses that you know, Christian Pulisic couldn't make in the Canadian game. He was looking like an all-star there. Yeah. Del Toro, too, yep, was that's just, what I, was gonna say. I mean, Mighty Mouse all over the field. That guy was everywhere. And, I mean, if you're having to have guys, if, if Tyler Adams were to be out long-term, I mean, that Kellen Acosta I would want. I mean, Kellen Acosta has had his moments, but he he ran the field really well in that match. Yeah. Over, yeah, they looked pretty solid. And I, I was really impressed with uh, De La Torre. And Acosta was great. Uh, yeah, and great performance. I do agree. I did like the, uh, like, subbing Pulisic on, letting him start on the bench, just because I think he, like, needed it as, like, a little mental, just take some pressure off. Um, and it, I think it, it was a benefit to him because he came on and looked great and, I mean, obviously scored. So definitely, I, I do agree with that decision. So that one's all right, Greg. Be- I thought it was risky. I thought it was risky to bring him on that late because he had had such a pretty – pretty bad couple of games. So, I mean, there's a, if he comes on and he has just as bad of a performance, I mean, then what's it all been for? It worked out perfectly. I mean, you got exactly what you wanted. You got that confidence boost uh, to come in and do what he did and score a goal and almost get a brace, but it could have gone so bad. I'm really glad it didn't. And this is the, this is what Christian needs to go out of this window thinking, you know, that he, he has that in him. And so, Next window, he'll get the start again and, and hopefully can hit the ground running. But God help us all. We're kind of at the mercy of Chelsea when it comes to that. Yeah, I I was concerned. My first thought when hit him coming on was like, oh, no, his knee's going to shatter because it's frozen. He's going to get kicked and <laughs> he's going to get injured. That was I was really concerned. And I mean, arguably, he probably didn't even need to come on. But confidence wise, I think it was, it was good for him. So, yep. All right. So uh, let's move on to city news. Because we got some news. We got some. It's not the news that we thought we were going to get two weeks ago. Um, and we've had like two other news drops be, between now and then. I, but uh, we do. We made our first signing ever, which is pretty historic. It's pretty crazy. Woo. I, I feel like part of me is like this was it was still kind of I don't want to say low key. I, I don't know why low key comes to mind. It was almost low key. Um, but. It wasn't because I if I feel like it got some cool news coverage, uh, pretty all around, like from St. Louis media sources, not even like hardcore like sports outlets, but like main main news sources were covering it, which was really cool. And uh, considering the signing, it's like a really cool tie to St. Louis, uh, which we'll get into. But uh, Matt, do you want to jump in first with uh, like talking about our new and 
our first signing ever. First person. Yeah, yeah. So stats time. Let's just look at who he is and kind of where he came from. So first signing in the history of St. Louis City SC is Selmir Pedro, a Bosnian left back who currently plays in the Bosnian Premier League for FC Sarajevo. Um, he is uh, yeah, 23 years old. He is a left-footed left back. Um, he's been with Sarajevo since their youth academy uh, back in 2014. So long-term with that club. Um, he's won trophies with Sarajevo. Uh, he's played in the Europa League. He's played in the uh, Champions League qualifiers. So he's got some big-time experience despite being only 23 years old. Um, he So Bosnian, that immediately ties back to St. Louis. But I think the bigger thing, and we'll touch on that in a minute, but the bigger thing here is he's been scouted and rumored linked to um, some big clubs, lots of MLS clubs. So there was, there's demand for, for uh, what he offers um, as the type of player. So that left footed left back, he's uh, been called uh, that he plays a quick high intensity game. Um, so he seems like in looking at videos, so there's videos on YouTube, looking at those kind of videos, he, he pushes up the field a lot. He's got that goal scoring potential. He likes to send in those crosses, very, almost attack oriented. seems like he has really great vision in the highlights that, that are available to look at. Um, City in their release for him said that some of his uh, playing styles were instinctive and aggressive, uh, fearless and proactive and attack minded with and without the ball. So when I hear those things, I immediately think back to uh, all of the high press style that, that Lutz wants to play, how he had our academy go, which to me should uh, give us an insight into the MLS squad. Um, and it seems like Pedro should fit right in. And we know from some of the quotes and some of the info we'll talk about soon that this is, this seems like it's been a long time coming. So Lutz hasn't been the only one scouting him. And it doesn't seem like this is uh, something that happened quickly. It seems like it's been in the pipeline for a little while. Yeah. Um, so this kind of signing, I know it's probably not, I guess when I say low key or as a player, maybe under the radar for, um, I think what more the general soccer St. Louis soccer fans uh, would expect, like they they're not going to know who this guy is, um, which is why like they gave so much like depth and detail about playing style and and what he's been doing. So I appreciate that, just so people can see. It's probably it's not it's definitely not the marquee signing people would want to like the general audience would want to see. But also that's what we we know like that Lutz has come out and said that multiple times. Like that's not what we're going for. We're going for. Our, like what we want to play in our style. We're going to get the players that represent St. Louis. This does it perfectly, which is awesome. But um, Santiago, what are your thoughts when I guess you, you saw the signing announcement and like looked more into him? What are your thoughts overall? Well, initially, obviously the reaction that a lot of people will have when I saw him, Oh, okay. And not, not like a marquee name, but um, we have talked about this before. I think, uh, we're going to see a lot of signings like these uh, players that maybe are not uh, like well known around the world, but uh, players that fit the style that the teams wants to play. And um, he had he had success uh, in Bosnia. One thing I like is that he's a product of the academy um, in Sarajevo. So it's great to see um, that our first signing comes from an academy went through uh, all the professional path, knowing that that's something we want to do with the players here. Uh, but he, he has some international um, experience with the Bosnian um, first team. Uh, also uh, at the youth level, he also uh, had some experience with the national team. And um, he fits the style the team wants to play. Uh, what will be interesting will be uh, what the team will do uh, with him, like I have seen some things that he will come to St. Louis in July. So it will be interesting to see if he plays uh, in MLS, MLS Next Pro or if maybe City looks for loaning him to uh, USL. Or I, I, I was even thinking, uh, will it be possible to loan him to uh, another MLS club? Could that be on the table? Who knows? Yeah, I, I love the fact that his he has two caps with their national team, and the most recent one was against the United States. 
so he we actually we got to see him play unknowing to us at the time how important it was um, as a sub in that second half almost the entire second half which is really cool um so yeah but yeah july 2022 and the way that they are wording this is kind of interesting to me because um the the rumored signing that was uh, announced by Stephen Goff before uh, Josh Yarrow um, included very specifically that he was signing with City Two, or signing with City and basically loaning down to City Two. So he's going to play with City Two this year and then um, look to join the first team in twenty three. Whereas this um, an official information by the team, but July twenty two twenty two he's going to stay on loan with his current club until then, um, finish out their season. Um, which I, I haven't looked, but I think it ends probably in May around the same time as most of the European leagues. But he's going to be, what is he going to do? And I think you hit the nail on it of, at that point, we're going to be in mid-season form for next pro. So that is an option. You know, he could be, he could play in Division Three against other MLS next pro teams. Um, at that point, I'm going to be looking to, how is the competition in this league actually going to go? And is that going to be something that... Um, that Lutz wants to keep him in the system and get that level of competition. Like, is that, is the system knowledge and playing in the system that valuable to, to play against uh, division three opponents in MLS next pro, or is there an op- opportunity to be loaned to a championship team um, and get that, what we perceive to be higher level competition right now? You know, I don't know if it's actually going to be higher level competition. We haven't seen the ball kick off yet in MLS next pro, but I think, that's going to be what I'm most interested in because it'll tell a story about the, how the second half and, and what 2022 is going to go of some of these signings that we make, uh, which we'll get into in just a few minutes. But once we have a group of guys uh, that we are signing for 23, what are we going to do with them this year? If they're European guys, if they're on a European schedule and they wrap up in May, they've got a whole second half that, they're either going to be with our next pro team. They're going to get loaned out somewhere else and where they go will tell me a lot about how our coaching staff views MLS next pro, um, how they view staying in the system and learning what the coaching staff has, as opposed to getting some meaningful minutes uh, with potentially better, better competition. So there's a lot that once he arrives, it's really going to tell us. Will you be okay? Will you guys be okay if he stays in St. Louis and plays uh, MLS next pro? I would, I because I think it'd be. Although I see the benefit to getting loaned out and maybe getting more familiar with the the level, um, I think it would be really beneficial. Depending on who our other signings are, like if they if they get a nice handful of signings who are maybe like loaned or in our MLS next two or next pro team that he's playing with. It'd be, I think it'd be great to like really build that chemistry and uh, really work with the coaches and systems to be ready for that next step. Like I, I, I almost see like there's a benefit to both, and I almost like the staying in St. Louis thing. But that that to me is probably one of the best benefits that could happen is if you have a group of guys, so five or six players you've signed who are going to wrap up their seasons and be in St. Louis around July or August. You could have them all. You could have essentially the nucleus of our team playing together uh, and give them meaningful competition together before the first team kicks off. That's, I mean, that is an honestly a, an unheard of opportunity for expansion teams. You don't get to have your players um, play on a professional pitch together months in advance of, of your kickoff. You you let them play with their current clubs. You loan them out. You get them minutes, but then you bring them together in January for your camp. If we wanted to do that, I think it would be for that purpose, not necessarily for the level of competition that they would be playing or even the purpose of the league. When I was writing an an article this week, I was typing up a reason why I would be upset if we loaned him out to a USL championship team. But then I started thinking about not as a fan necessarily, but what is the point of MLS next pro right now? And it seems like everybody is it's more of a developmental league. It's more of a, you, you continue that path to pro, even their websites are touting uh, the path from the Academy on up to the first team. So it's, it's a growth oriented, even the pro players were going to sign, you know, their growth into a potential MLS squad while balancing that competition of the division three pro. So I wouldn't, I mean, it, if he doesn't stay, it's not going to be like, it, we don't have faith in, 
um, our coaching staff or the competition, not that, but our competition that we would be playing. I think it's more so that the purpose of him getting minutes in 2022 is to stay uh, in top form and play the best competition. And if they just happen to see that with, um, uh, with an Indy 11 or something like that, then, you know, that obviously will trust the coaching staff, but if it ends up being, we have five or six guys under contract, it is a really interesting concept to have them playing together in this pro league for months on end before we actually kick off next year. Yeah, it would be, it would be a great opportunity if we have five or six guys to, uh, develop chemistry. Also, if it is guys who had no experience playing in the U S get used to uh, the style of play here. And these guys uh, could also find themselves uh, in a role that they have never been into because they could be like the more experienced uh, and better players uh, on a young team. So I think uh, that that will also be another good thing uh, for their development, like uh, leadership skills and getting to know the style of play and what the coaches want. So uh, I will be fine if you stay in St. Louis and plays uh, MLS Next Pro. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting too to see the the like almost the level of signings that the next few signings. Like, say we do get a, a solid group of five guys, but if some of those guys already have some MLS experience, then it's like, well, maybe I wouldn't mind him going out on loan, um, Selmir going out on loan to an MLS team just to really get the feel of what MLS is. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting. Like I said before, there's like, I can see positives to both sides. Uh, it would be so cool to just have like, be able to go watch and be like, oh yeah, these guys are going to be playing on our first team next year. And I think that's another unique situation that we find ourselves in where the concept of an MLS team, uh, us loaning one of our players to another MLS team is kind of ridiculous in, in and of itself, only because why would you loan a player to another player in the same league when the contract's held by MLS? Like there's just a lot that goes into that, but we're in that unique situation where we don't have an MLS team to compete against. So we're not loaning him to the competition. We're loaning him to uh, a, a team in the same league that we will be in. So I think that kind of changes the landscape when you're talking about like the opportunity to loan to another MLS side because you keep them domestic, you you know, you get used to the culture and it becomes easier you know, coming back to St. Louis as opposed to maybe staying in Argentina or something like that. Yeah. Do you want to get into these loot quotes? Yeah. Um, so that's a perfect segue as far as other players that um, we might be signing. Um, Post-Dispatch, Tom Timmerman had a fantastic article this week. Best one I've read um, from any of the, the outlets. And it had some really interesting loose quotes. Um, I've got three here queued up that I want to see what you guys think about them. Um, the first one is, first one's related to the fact that um, Pedro was our first signing. And a lot of, a lot of the comments uh, were, he's Bosnian. This is perfect for, perfect for our city. Huge, biggest, largest Bosnian community outside of Bosnia. You know, there's, there, I mean, this is the way you make a splash. This is how the first signing should be. So the quote is, it could have been another player. It happened this transfer went a little quicker than other negotiations. We're in negotiations with a big number. This was the one which went through the quickest. The paperwork was pretty fast. Call it a nice coincidence. There's nothing we planned, nothing we wanted. It just happened that way. Destiny. Do you, do you, do you believe in fate? <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Um, I... That is really cool. I do you think? I mean, I don't even know how to respond other than like, yeah, fate, destiny, meant to happen. It's it's cool how it, I mean, you know, th this stuff can take forever. So it, it's cool that it this was happened to be the first one. I guess him signing to St. Louis. Do you think the Bosnian community was was that any draw, or is he just excited to come play MLS? Or yeah, well, um, there were other teams that were after him. Um, so I think he, he, besides coming to the States and playing MLS, probably having the big Bosnian community here uh, was probably interesting to him. Um, but um, back to uh, that quote, uh, yeah, it could be fate, it happened. Uh, but uh, another takeaway from that quote is that the team is hard at work. Uh, 
looking for players, scouting players, negotiating with players. So um, we will see uh, other signings in the next month or two, I will think. I think, uh, so Jake, to, to your question, I absolutely think that Bosnian community in St. Louis was a selling point for, for Pedro. I don't think at all that that's why St. Louis City signed him. But I think in the pitch to him, like Santi said, other MLS teams were vying for him. International clubs were vying for him. He, this, this is like reminiscent of what we always say of like, you have your pick of the litter when you're a star player. So I think that was part of the sales pitch and why you should come. So there had to have been talk about the beautiful downtown campus, um, the stadium, the practice fields, everything being there, the culture, the coaching staff definitely had to do the, the pitching on what they could offer him for his career. But when you talk about coming here as a player to a country that I assume he's never been to, um, you have to talk about those intangibles, the culture, um, what your city and area have to offer. Uh, and, and I don't think any city in the United States could really compete with what St. Louis could offer him in that scenario. So I would be, I, I'm almost positive it had to have been part of the sales pitch to him. Um, and if it was a reason that he chose, then that's fantastic for, for what St. Louis represents. Yeah. The, the second quote, which kind of goes to that um, right alongside it, is it's not like we woke up and said we need to sign a Bosnian. It's always <laughs> important to sign the best player for the right position. His nationality is completely secondary. It's about the age, about the engine, the identity, things that are not negotiable, but nationality does not matter to me. To find a kid who happened to be Bosnian, great. And I think that, to me, uh, really says everything that we need to know about how they're scouting and just what we talked about, like the whole fate of this. Like yeah. the fact that it just happened to be a quicker negotiation, it happened to be a Bosnian in St. Louis. And you talked earlier about how it wasn't the, the flashiest name, the known name. Well, people see uh, the description, the information, the the history, the credentials of Pedro, and it becomes that name to St. Louis. Yeah. And I think with that quote, since it's not about the nationality, I won't go, go there again. Um, but that quote specifically um, is really encouraging because back to we're talking about the marquee signings and what general soccer fans might want to see or the big names they might want to see. It's like, again, Lutz has specified it before that it's like they don't care about that. They want the best players. And that specifically, it's like he's not even – Again, like the specifics about the best player for that position and fitting that, like the style. It's like, I like I trust them completely. Like that's they're looking at the right things, not just like, oh, this is a good name. Where can we fit him in the team? Let's sign him. Whatever. It's like, no, this was the best for this position and the style we want to play. So let's get him. All right. The third quote is potentially the juiciest. All right. The quote from Lutz, we are right now very busy, not just signing Pedro. He's the first one. In the next few weeks, a few more players will follow from the foreign market where the contract will start in July. It gives us a unique opportunity to not go through expansion team pains where you need to say in January in the training room, there's 25 new faces. And you say to the coach, let's try to work with that. It's a very difficult task. And tradition has shown apart from LAFC and Atlanta it's nearly impossible to be out there and be immediately successful. For us, it's an opportunity to cut down that time of integration, the time of getting to know each other, and I think we have a great opportunity to cut down that process by being earlier together as a group. That goes with what we were talking about earlier, uh, the idea of playing, having five or six guys playing MLS, MLS Next Pro, getting used to... Uh, you keep the style them together. Of play. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, that goes along with that for sure. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Or that's funny that, that we were talking about that exactly. And that kind of answers it. Nope. It seems like they're going to be staying here and uh, building that team. And then and I didn't tell you guys that quote, no. full disclosure. I kept the, I kept these in my back pocket because I, I read them earlier and loved them. But those are these are brand new to, to Jake and Santi. Is it bad that we didn't read these articles beforehand, Santiago? <laughs> there are so many that were out there. You said it yourself. Everybody was covering them. Yeah, yeah. That too, is too many things. Um, I think I saw part of it, but uh, I don't remember that quote. <laughs> That's that really one cool. stuck out to me like a sore thumb in a good way. But also, so not just the fact that they, they have an opportunity to keep him around. Um, 
the the first quote about he may not have been the first if negotiations hadn't gone. How many players are in active negotiations right now or have maybe already signed right now? So the, the January transfer window has, has really wrapped up, but there are other um, there are other countries whose transfer windows are still open. Um, I had a list pulled up of from a transfer market that actually lists countries whose transfer windows are still open. And some of the notable ones right now are, um, so we're recording this on February 3rd. Right now, Austria, Turkey, Australia, Serbia, uh, Romania, Hungary, Croatia, Switzerland, Russia, Argentina, Bulgaria, Jamaica, uh, Poland, Ukraine, and Brazil. Those are just some of the, the countries whose transfer windows are still open. So when he's talking about very busy, not just signing Pedro, but hoping to have some others who are ready to go for July. If you're going to sign somebody ready to go for July, you're going to be signing people now or have already signed some people. Do you think that quote specifically is about like building? Uh, I don't know. Time, timing's all. I mean, it's, it's like you're building both at the same time. I'm just, I'm curious to me, like how many of those are like, oh yeah, these are first team players, a hundred percent. And like, or like the the blend, I guess, between MLS Next Pro and first team. I mean, you're doing it all at the same time, but it's, I guess, what are you trying to build out first? <laughs> I'm just like, and maybe that's when we get into uh, the the rules a little bit. We can clarify, but that's what I'm, I'm thinking. Because if Yaro is a thing, it's like when is that going to get announced, and where is he going to be exactly? Kind of goes back to the fact that we don't have a roster for a team that's going to start next month. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you would think you would have to focus almost exclusively on that. Um, not to say they can't walk and chew gum at the same time because they wouldn't have put. I mean, they wouldn't have put a team in this league if they couldn't adequately build out a roster while still building for MLS. Um, there are teams out to the east who chose specifically not to have a team in this league um, so they could focus on their first team. So it's it's not like they didn't have the option. I'm sure we could have said no, we're going to hold off until, but we didn't. So I think. When you say what's the focus on, I don't really see mutual exclusivity in, in either one. I think uh, with the staff that we have and the scouting network that we know they have, I think that a meaningful City 2 roster is being put out there, probably focused on growth um, and development while still looking to sign a few of those players who you can get now and plan for them to be here in, in 23. Do you think, okay, this is while you're explain that I, our new question came in mind are <laughs> we going to see big announcements for mls next pro are we going to see a big roster announcement for mls next pro or is it just going to be like oh hey we're playing next week here's your team no i i think there will be an announcement maybe not individual announcements uh as they sign players but maybe once they have a good group they will announce the roster um but yeah, to me, and again, you know, a lot of things go behind the scenes. So part of this work they are doing to sign players, it could include some players that um, they may want to uh, take a look at uh, on uh, MLS Next Pro and see if they could be a good fit for for the professional team in 2023. Yep. You have to bring in guys and assume that everybody's on a tryout, basically, for MLS yeah. Next Pro. Um I mean, there's no age limit for the league, but you know that's this. If you're signed from like a USL Championship, so using Yara as an example, you're signed to City Two. Uh, people might say, "Why are you signing for an MLS Next Pro team and not for a USL Championship?" Uh, assuming you had the opportunity. Well, the answer is, especially with us, there is no first team. You have the golden opportunity to get in the club system, show yourself, prove what you have. And then you, you basically have a spot that is yours for the taking potential. Yeah, it's a good point that you're not you're just signing for city. It doesn't matter at this point. It doesn't matter because I mean you could sign a even if you signed a city two contract. Is that what we're calling it? I keep saying that city two city two contract. It. Technically, it's like yeah, they could still bump up your contract. Um, was there any more quotes? Because was there any more quotes from that article, Matt? No, nope, those are the three big ones. Cool, because we're kind of. I think all this speculating and jump kind of will lens into MLS next pro. The only other thing I wanted to add to is there were, there were a few bits of information for the Pedro signing that, um, that we didn't touch on. One of them was the transfer fee. 
So the first known transfer fee that we paid for a player was 330,000 euros, translating to uh, about $338,000. So that's how much we paid his club um, to sign him. I have no idea what his salary is. He signed through 2025. So he is going to be on a contract for the first three years um, of our club. He is not a designated player. So we don't know the salary, but it was confirmed in the Timmerman Post-Dispatch article that he is not a designated player. And designated player just means that his salary would be um, well over the maximum the, for the league. So last year the maximum was like 612500 um, So a DP makes more than that, uh, even after all the weird mechanisms to buy down the salary. So we know uh, we know he's not one of our few DPs. I, I like that. I like that um, even though he's not a DP, still a good signing, young player uh, with, a, with, a, with a promising career. He, he plays in the national team, so still, still a, a good signing and looking forward to, to seeing what else uh, the team is going to announce in the next few weeks. Cool. Um, so the last episode we did talk about roster rules because there was that article that came out, but now we have official roster rules. Matt, you gave the rundown last time, but uh, I trust you to give the rundown again because I didn't read through all these. But well, the good news is it's quick. Right. I, I was I was talking with uh, I was talking with someone this week that when you compare the MLS Next Pro rules with MLS, you can actually talk about MLS Next Pro in a concise time frame. Like it's and it takes like maybe a page and a half as opposed to the the manuscript that is the MLS roster rules. I might have so, more questions about the jumping back and forth, and maybe you're going to answer those because I was hung up on that last time. Uh, see, that's where that's where they lose us because they, they purposefully leave that one uh, gray. But here we go. Um, roster rules, it's official. You have 24 roster slots by professional players. Uh, so you, you can have up to 24. Um, those include international and domestic players. Uh, 11 roster slots, so the 25 through 35 will be filled with amateur players. Um, of those, you can have a max of five amateur players on the field at the same time during an official match. Now, the eligibility for the academy or the amateur academy players are interesting. Um, there's four criteria to qualify you as an amateur on this roster. You have to be under the age of 21 before the start of the season. You cannot have competed in any college or university soccer program. And never been signed or recognized as a pro player defined by the NCAA or FIFA. And you currently play or have previously played for the club's MLS Next Academy or for a team which has a documented affiliation with the club. That, that's the most interesting one, the documented affiliation with, with the uh-huh. club. We were talking, talking about a little bit of line, uh, what that does look like and uh, who do you think uh, right now has that kind of affiliation with uh, CDSC? Oh, we could, uh, we'd have to dig out the archives to talk about our, our conversations about the affiliations and, and everything related to uh, Scott Gallagher. But the, the first, first one that comes up is Jack Wagner. We know he's training with the Academy. Um, we know he's going to Indiana in fall. So he would check all of those boxes to be uh, an amateur for the next pro team. Um, except potentially that team which has a documented affiliation with the club. Now, a documented affiliation could be as simple as filing paperwork with the league saying that you're your buddies and you have a handshake agreement. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, big hang up all this whole time is no relationship between Gallagher and City. So it will be interesting to see who kind of makes that cut as an amateur on this team and, and if that exists. I mean, that... To to me, well, I like that MLS likes to bend the rules sometimes when it seems like it might be in our favor. But okay, him specifically, we know he's training for the academy. And do you think there's some leeway with that? Because when he played for Scott Gallagher, City Academy wasn't a thing. Yeah, definitely could be. It's the handshake agreement. Yeah, I, I, he pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he. Yeah, like you said, I think he had aged out or wasn't eligible for the 17s. At least that's my understanding. But. Um, between that and between practicing with the Academy, I mean, that could be the, I'm not going to call it a loophole, but that could be the affiliation is practicing with the Academy for a period of time. So it, it may not come back to Gallagher. It may come back to having been pulled in um, and, and Gallagher letting him practice. I don't know. There seems like there would have to be something, but that may be their way around it. Is 
Does MLS Next Pro go up to like U19? So could he technically yes, be like a, are, a city U19? Well, Gallagher actually has a U19 um, in MLS Next. Yeah, but City doesn't. So uh, so so that's probably Not yet. one of the reasons. No, quote, unquote, I, yet. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think they're gonna gonna have one. Uh, I could be wrong. Maybe this will change. But when they presented the uh, structure and like the their their pyramid uh, for the path to pro, uh, it was U seventeen, then uh, what is now uh, MLS Next Pro, and then uh, the main team. That could change, obviously, but it doesn't look like uh, that's happening anytime soon. I mean, we got a, an academy with two guys, U19 with two guys. They're training with the academy right now. They just said the academy. They didn't say what age group. Who? So you're saying our U19 team has more players than uh, the MLS Next Pro team? That's they, right. At, at the moment, yeah. A fictional U19 team. There was one other guy training with them too, right? Didn't they announce another guy? Yes. Yes. Uh, high school player. Um, oh, yeah. I don't. Putting us on the spot. It's uh, okay, Carson thanks, Gibbs. Matt. Yeah, um, 4-2-1 South, Scott Gallagher. And, and City U19. And he's not co- he has not committed to uh, any college yet, so it'll be interesting if, if he's thinking about going pro. Uh, is- no, and that's – that. so I've, I'm, like, dying to get this next pro because I have got to stop speculating on all these academy players who might be moving up. I keep seeing all of these um, – these videos from the academy players, the highlights we're putting out um, for for scouts and for colleges and everything like that. And I, I keep trying to connect dots of, okay, are they putting out a video because they're going to college and not going to the next pro team? The people who haven't put out videos, does that make them part of the next pro? I, it's not good for my mental health to be this involved in it. I need the roster. Soon. When So you said there's a... The like I guess the end date or the submission date for the rules, which could we could speculate the official start of the season. So maybe we'll see it soon. What was that date? And I guess we'll just jump into like preseason and start of season and all that. Yeah, and that's pretty much it for the rules. Like there's some info on like um, roster freezes, flexibility, transfer window dates. But I mean they're domestic and international players, but everything is pretty standard, cut and dry. No weird MLS mechanisms, no salary cap. Um, nothing crazy like that. All the, all the contracts are with the clubs themselves, not with the league. So it's, it's wholly different than, um, MLS. But with that, the, uh, the roster freeze date is, um, on March 18th. So rosters have to be finalized for MLS next pro in compliance with all these guidelines by 7 PM Friday, March 18th. And the reason that's important, not just because you have to have your roster locked down, is historically uh, MLS has has their roster freeze date the day before competition begins. So with that, we can, even though there's no schedule out, we can, I feel, safely assume that the season will start on the weekend of March 19th. So there could be a home game on March 19th or Mar- March 20th. We'll see. Now that kind of lines up, too, with the preseason stuff that we know. So we know they have matches um, starting... Starting in eight days, that roster, but continuing on through at least March 5th, um, the only unknown that's been public is SLU. So those preseason matches, Jake, that you were talking about, so we had, I think we talked about it, but we know that February 11th, the club's going down, the next pro club, going down to Clearwater, Florida to play FC Cincinnati. Uh, February 25th, they're going to be at Indy 11 for a closed-door match. March 5th, they're going to be in St. Louis. Um, rekindling a new version of King's Cup against Lou City. And then a TBA match against SLU, which sounds like it'll be at Herman Stadium, uh, round out the known preseason matches that, that they'll have. But the one thing we did find out is they'll be in Florida um, starting this weekend. Was it- so whatever team exists will be yeah, in well, Florida. So, okay, back to where um, I was talking about the roster and who they're signing and are we going to get big announcements. That makes me think. Like they already have to have yeah. the next pro, a lot of it figured out because they're not going to – I don't think they're flying guys in and then just you're like, all right, let's go out to Florida and see how this works. And it, or half it's going to be the academy. 
Yeah. It's one of those things where it's the assumption too. It's the next pro team. I mean, the dates kind of line up where they're there the February 5th and 6th to do this um, invite or public practice at some field in Dunedin, Florida. Um, And then February 11th is their match. I'll tell you though, if we don't get a roster by tomorrow on Friday, then um, I'm sure we could pay off somebody to go to this public (laughs) practice on Saturday and Sunday, take pictures, find out who's, who's wearing what numbers. Oh yeah. Figure this out. Who do we know in Florida? And also I'm just really mad that they're doing an open practice in Florida. I know that that's so disappointing. Do it here. So we can, Take a take a look at the new players. We'll we'll send you, know? you off. Yeah, we'll send you off. Who do we know in Florida though? For real, <laughs> we'll find someone. It's not that far away from Tampa, right? We can just contact our rowdy friends. We'll get right. it figured out. Well, it, Twitter will get it figured out. Someone's gonna have it real soon. But all right. Uh, I mean, you guys got anything else? Anything else going on in your lives? Any soccer news you want to talk about <laughs> before we wrap up? I'm disappointed uh, just because. <laughs> Colombia is not going to make it to a World Cup. <sighs> Sorry, man. It's all good. Sorry, Santi. All right. Well, uh, Santiago, I'm pulling for you in Colombia. We need a miracle. So we'll see. <laughs> Miracles happen. All right. Uh, so I think that's it for uh, this week's episode. We almost hit an hour with, with, there you go. with three of us and not Daddy Phil. So I'd say that's pretty pretty. Daddy smart. Phil. <laughs> um, hey, if you don't already, make sure you follow us on twitter and instagram at flyover footy you can find us on youtube we're trying to post uh, some more podcast clips and, and videos at flyover footy on the other socials thanks so much for hanging out and listening we will see you later see you guys see you.